Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll share our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. But before we do, we have a special guest with us, Abby Vincent! (laughs) So Abby, why don't you introduce uh, yourselves to our listeners? Um, hi, um, my name is Abby Vincent Key. Um, I am a freelance stage manager and yeah, I've been stage managing for, oh my gosh, let's go back. Right. Um, right. Over 10 years, like 12 years. So oh, nice. nice. Uh, can you tell the people where they can find you, your social media handle? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram um, at, at STG. M-N-G-R, the number four, L-I-F-E. It's basically stage manager full with number four life without any vowels for stage manager. So. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. So as we mentioned in uh, last week's sort of like short teaser episode, we wanted to start our summer stock series, like sharing crazy summer stock stories and like Danielle and I have plenty, but we thought it would be great to like, bring in other people that have these crazy insane experiences because one thing we kind of realized last week talking about um our our outdoor theater experiences is that there are just some parts of theaters that are just so hard to explain that you can only just share the story and hope that people get the craziness that comes with these types of jobs and why not do summer stock because it's summertime Absolutely. And Summer Stock is happening, at least in some places this year again, which is super exciting. Um, So yeah, we're excited to have Abby kick us off with it. Um, So before we jump into kind of you telling us your experiences, first tell us about, um, I mean, you just told us like what you do, but tell us like what your job title was at Summer Stock and where you did Summer Stock or one place or multiple places. Sure. So um, my summer stock experience started back when I was in college. Um, I started as an assistant stage manager for a summer stock theater. Um, and it's it was crazy, like nine weeks. Um, and then after that, um, I was a production stage manager for that same summer stock for, I believe, three years in a row. Um, and then after that, I took a little bit of break on freelancing there. Um, and then I actually came back and did props for them one summer as a last minute, uh, quit my corporate survival job and wanted a summer gig. And they said, we got, we need somebody to do props and you understand us. So come do it. So, um, so I've done a little bit of everything like tech worlds wide, wide when it comes to summer talk, I've seen all angles, um, of course, being the production stage manager in a summer stock theater room, you're in the rehearsal room the whole time for um, all of the rehearsals, all the tech um, performances. I even had the opportunity to be involved in some of the audition processes um, that was done where they, you know, go out to different of the different um, conferences like UPTAs and SCTC and um, things like that, where um, that's where they recruited a good portion of principal cast and ensemble um from that that's awesome 
a good gambit too of just like punch punch of everything yeah yeah and see have seen it a lot um and you know one of the best advice that i got from a uh, managing director i worked with was you know uh the the rule of the three week the 21 day rule um, I don't know. Do you guys know what the 21 day rule is? Say more. I wonder if I've heard of this before. <laughs> the rule is, the rule is <laughs> only people can only contain their threes. They're crazy for 21 days. Oh my God. So, that's true. So don't, so don't sleep with anyone during summer stock until it's been after 21 days that you've known them. And everyone's 21 days starts at a different time. Mm-hmm. If their contracts are. Uh-huh. So at summer stock at the places I, the place I had worked, um we start you know the text starts a week or two before the actors do so if there's like intermingling sometimes a tech person will like hit on or like get a little busy with an actor and the actor's crazy hasn't come out yet but the text crazy has come out yet and it's really fun to watch why does so, that rule apply to uh, life it does apply to life I and, love that. Yeah. and the reason in theater summer Talk theater especially is 21 days it's because you literally are with people for 14 hour days mm-hmm. for yes. for 21 days in a row especially at the theater i worked at for for a very long time their structure was you know um the the summer stock musical theater place i worked um they did three musicals in rotating rep which basically means it's the wow. same cast for all three mm-hmm. shows and you're basically rehearsing all three shows at once and once the first one's open you start rehearsal for the second one the second one gets a small window it opens the third one is in rehearsal while the second one's just started they kind of all simultaneously and then once all three are open in the same space different sets different lighting um and all of that things like that um it's three different shows same space you can come see in the same weekend um which is sounds crazy but that's kind of what summer stock is it's just like crazy like muscle oh. that you kind of gain as after you've done it once you're like okay i get this like i understand yeah. but you wouldn't want to do it long term you wouldn't want to do it for nine or 12 months out of the year because you would you would be dead you're definitely oh, dead yeah. after nine weeks you're dead after like five weeks are you kidding me yeah but, um that is so funny though because that just made me laugh so hard though because I'm just thinking about like my own personal experiences and I'm like wow like well yeah when you think about like you know we're you know fun fact everyone we've all worked together when we all work together certain people's crazies did not come out to after 21 days days. yeah it took like crazy yeah Um, no that is or anything like that like because you're in such a close confinement people can really put it on and be like i'm the Mm -hmm. sweet character i mean there's cracks you can always see the cracks Mm -hmm. and if you are set set back far enough you can notice them but sometimes you're so uh, absolved in like your own your own stuff um absorbed in everything that it's really hard for you to notice that oh this person's crazy until you're like which most of the time for the summer stock theater i worked at um it was right after we opened the first show is kind mm. of when people's 21 days were up and that's when you knew that okay this person's crazy i never want to work with them again but then you realize you have oh crap i have another six weeks to work with this person um and so you have to figure out how to make it work which is a very unique thing about summer sock is yeah after summer you never have to see them again but you still have to get through the summer <laughs> and sometimes yeah. summer becomes very long like there yes. are sometimes where it's yeah. just like this summer will never end. Yes. 
Um, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of like really great memories. Um, so, you know, like every, every gig you take, there's always like something that you don't love about it. You know, it could yeah. be the hours or the pay or the people or the creativity or the collaborations off or, you know, the artistic director has this crazy vision that nobody can meet or, you know, any of things like that. Like um, there's always something, you know, you're not going to be a hundred percent satisfied just because we're mm-hmm. all tired. <laughs> yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. like, I definitely would say like, summer stock is definitely a good thing to try if you've never done it um okay well that brings me to our first question then why summer stock like because i know and so fun fact abby and i are both from georgia um and so in the (laughs) south it is a hard push for us to go to sctc southeastern theater conference Mm -hmm. and book summer gigs like that's kind of like the first foyer for a lot of colleges honestly but i know for us southern state you know performance in the southern states or artists, let's say artists in the Southern States, they push us really hard to it book summer. It becomes really stuff. competitive, um, mm-hmm. you know, at different schools. It's like, oh, did you did you get called back at this theater? Did you get called back at that yes. theater? Like this summer stock theater is, you know, on a higher tier than this summer stock theater. Um, there's kind of almost like this inner competition based off the perception of certain summer stock theaters. Um, I knew that especially on the tech side when you go because at SETC you actually go in and interview with all these different theaters um and you know you all all your experience of that theater is the person in front of you either pitching about it if you haven't done your research on it um also there's a lot of people that go to SETC that don't need a job or don't um aren't in the position to really probably be in the role that they're interviewing for mm-hmm. um and you have to, you know, a lot of theaters have to weed through that. And, you know, some, some people vet differently, um, as you guys probably know, um, you know, on the, on the performance side that people vet. On the tech side, there's weird things that people look at, you know, it's like resume, it's how they present themselves at the table, or did they, did they give a glassy-eyed look when you told them about the living conditions for summer stock? <laughs> um, there's like different things. Those, seriously, those are different things that, you know. <laughs> um you know the the people I worked with were like you know these are the people these are how you weed people out like you know if you know they give a bored look when you you give a spiel you know if they yawn in your face um that that's happened before um you know I I was used a lot as a stand-in um outside of a door um at UPTAs and at SETC for the callbacks um you know where they would come to different like it was like hotel rooms almost but like there was multiple people it was not casting couch but um <laughs> i could yeah, tell an it, entire ted talk about that but continue yeah but yeah so like yeah. i you know i was kind of the first face of people being called back to this theater and giving the spiel of like the intense schedule you know the first you know the, the, the model that it started with when i started there it was you know you're working full 10 to 14 hour days mm-hmm. for the first two and a half weeks before we open the first show. Um, and you don't get a full day off until we've opened the first full show. You might get a morning off to do laundry, but that's it. Like you have to have that kind of stamina. And also like, you have to be fully warmed up in the morning. And like, you know, you have to be, you know, like dance warmed up and vocally warmed up, you know, cause depending on the morning, you could be doing a full dance number or you could be singing a high C, you know? And that was something that, you know, you know, the company I work for was really always strive for people that are, um, you know, very positive environment, you know, um, all constantly looking for people that, you know, we're going to be able to endure that because it's intense. If you've never done summer stock, the first summer 
people are like, oh, it's like adult summer camp, you know, <laughs> all the summer places we've worked. It's like, you, you know, people are like, it's time to party after rehearsal. And it's, and, you know, this was a place that if you party after rehearsal and you showed up hungover, everyone in the room knew it and people were giving you shit about it because mm-hmm. they were like, that's so unprofessional to show up, you know, like, you know, cause our schedule was from eight 30 in the morning until 10 at night. Yeah. And you had an hour, hour and a half lunch break and a two hour dinner break. And that was your breaks for the day. Um, and so sometimes if you're, you know, you were in every single like block that was called, you were there all day. Um, and, you know, or you were being, if you weren't there, I was scheduling you for a costume fitting and you were going over and doing costume fittings. Um, so it was kind of nonstop for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I really think summer shock is a really great thing for people to learn when it comes to endurance in this industry, especially, you know, how, you know, the professional life is, you know, like even living in New York, you know, where if you wanted to audition, you had to get up at X time in the morning and go to all the different Mm -hmm. theater places on eighth Avenue and just enter, I mean, just audition and just cattle call after cattle call or, you know, EMC or, you know, equity, equity auditions or non-ec auditions and like all of that stuff. Like you have to be able to, to withstand that. And like the stamina of that is a lot like that is people take that for granted. Um, that do they you feel, kind of uh, follow-up question. So like, do you feel like your stamina as a stage manager has to be, I feel like I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. But like, do you feel like you have to have more stamina than performers sometimes it gets to the summer stock because every summer stock that I know of is just like you said, technicians are there before Same. the performers and they're there mm-hmm. after the performers leave. So like. I think, I think for, for stage management, it's a little different. Uh-huh. It's more, it's more mental stamina that, that is yeah. heavily it's mm-hmm. focused. It's being focused and mentally stamina for 14 hours a day. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hopping up because we were uh, mostly non-equity summer stock place. We did have equity guest artist contracts, which me- means that we only had like one or two people that were actually equity, um, that we did have to keep kind of an equity schedule with them on top of the non-union schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, most everybody we're working with were non-union. So, you know, stage management was jumping up and, you know, moving cubes around in rehearsal rooms on time, you know, gathering like rehearsal props and you know, keeping track of all of that. And, you know, I'm having to send, you know, mega rehearsal reports at the end of the day, um, as well as sending a giant master schedule for 75 people um, that had to be sent out the day before so everybody knew what they were doing the next day um, and keep track of where 75 people were going were going to be all day. Um, because, you know, I, you know I, we also had musicians who were, you know, learning the pit. So they had orchestra rehearsals and then you have you know technicians who are in the shop building or you know doing costumes and building or doing lighting and you know have they have their own schedule and then you have you know performers and then you have they have to be scheduled for fittings because they have to be you know have clothes for when we get to tech so there's like a lot of moving pieces so you're having to also do the schedule on top of running a rehearsal on top Mm -hmm. of um keeping attendance on top of all the other things that happen in normal rehearsal room on top of any of the weird barrage of questions um so summer stock places i work uh the work that i we had kids as well so we had kids we had 
and we had equity guest artist people. So it was a lot of things in the air. So you're dealing with moms, mm-hmm. like, you know, stage moms, you've got, mm-hmm. you've got your, you know, your college kids that are too hungover to be there and not off book. You have, <laughs> you have your, you know, guest artist people that are demanding some, sometimes they're demanding more demanding than they should be um, knowing that the environment they're in. Um, so yeah, so there's like a mixture of all of that in one room. <laughs> and then, you know, then on top of that as stage management in those breaks, those breaks, this half hour and a half break, that two hour dinner break, that doesn't exist for stage yeah. management. It, it, becomes, it becomes, my lunch break became half of it was eating and half of it was walking the tech shop because tech took lunch at a different time. So it was like mm-hmm. my time to actually go in and be like, how is this piece being built? Like, we need to talk through and rehearsal this did something differently. Bef- and then at dinner break, sometimes I, we'd have our um, production meetings. So mm-hmm. I never got a full like, oh, hour and a half break. Cause you know, you're always there half hour before, you know, yeah. this yep. and you know, so I, re- it was really important, especially in management to set boundaries on my time. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because you could, you, as you could see, you could burn out very quickly um, and be very emotionally exhausted because you're dealing in, on your on all day. There's no, I'm going to go in the corner and lose my pitch a fit or whatever because everybody else was doing that <laughs> so it's That's kind true. of hard you, you you don't get to you don't get to be that person during the day you had to go find your time later to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so um i think that this is a big also like for any of our performers who are listening especially those who have or have not done summer stock before maybe you're going to do something later this summer I think this is also like a big reminder if you're listening like be nice to stage management because they've literally like they're the ones who are going to have your back and just like listen to how much Abby had to do and you know like that's a normal and like that's Tony and I both worked at various you know summer stock theaters as well and that's a normal schedule like we know being on the creative side that like for tech and a stage manager like we know that that's their normal schedule that's not just um, specific to Peach State where you worked, right? Like, I know that that's a schedule for everyone. So please be nice to your stage managers um, because they do a lot. Yes. Um, And I would say mm -hmm. also that, um, you know, they're like, if if you have stage managers in there that are not supportive of your creative cast or you don't feel supported by them, they're they're not, they shouldn't be there. That's kind of where Mm -hmm. I, I am with that. Um, a lot of, I mean, if you're not a supportive stage manager of like enjoying people, you know, going through a scene or a moment after the blocking's done, of course, the blocking is once you get right. that, you're just watching them develop the character in the, the fast time frame that Stum- Summer Suck is, and you're not being supportive and um, a cheerleader and keeping that morale at a good pace, regardless of how, what day, day 20, day 30, whatever <laughs> it is um that's really important because I feel like that can make or break a room um and directors too like I've I've worked with a lot of directors that have come in and just been terrible (laughs) and just their morale Mm -hmm. has just been in the the basement but if you're not making you know performers feel heard you know or feel like their you know their feelings aren't being met in the room that's kind of another thing too it's another it's a huge balancing act Okay, then I have yeah. to ask. 
uh, I'm going to do performer, technicians, and creative side, creative staff. So when I say creative staff, you're choreographers, directors, MDs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best and or worst, you can decide which one stands out more in your mind, performer experiences from summer stocks. Okay, so um, best performer experiences, I would say um, they're definitely, there's like some ensemble people and principal people that are just so kind. And the people that I remember the most are the ones that come up to the table in the morning or at the end of the day and thank me or, or greet me and don't you like, you know, feel the need to come up and just, just say hi and not, mm. oh, I need this, 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 and this, and this, mm-hmm. um, or this doesn't work for me or um, I'm losing my mind or whatever rant it is. They just come up and say hi those are the people that I want in the room again. Those are the people when the creative artistic people go, Hey, where, who was easier to work with? Or, you know, those are the people mm-hmm. they, they, uh, those are the people I grow bonds with, grow relationships with. Those are people that I want to see in a room again. Those are people I want to work with again. Um, so that's a really important thing to me is if you are kind you're going to get a whole lot farther than I'm going to be a diva and I'm going to show up at call. I'm going to, you know, pitch a fit when somebody's not nice to me, you know, those, those people, yeah, they're infamous, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, infamous. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're infamous and we're going to have stories about them. And boy, those people that I love that I have really great relationships with, we have cocktails later and talk about, I'm like, Ooh, that was, that was some wild <laughs> stuff but um mm-hmm. yeah those people that that go the extra mile that understand that it's not all about them in the room is really important to me and those are people that you know I definitely you know push forth to the artistic director at the end of the season and be like these are people you should hire again but most mm-hmm. of the time they know that because they do it to them too mm. so you know they're yeah. easy, they're easy to work with for every single facet not just management Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so you have to give us a worst story about a technician then. I have to give you a worst story about technician. Um, I, have well, worst- I should say worst story. It just an interesting moment with the technician. Okay. So I guess can I, like, can I halfway it. So um, we have, there was a contract at the summer stock theater I worked at that is an actor tech contract, which mm-hmm. basically means the actors, they are, they kind of do ensemble and some standout roles but they also do kind of like swing tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause we have, it's three shows. So it's like a big musical theater number to open. The second show is normally a smaller cast of that main cast. And then mm-hmm. the third show is the big cast. So they get, most people are in just two shows. Um, if they're on the actor tech contract, the tech piece, you know, they, they, they have time to, they're not in rehearsal. They're in the shop doing, um, helping paint or build or, stitch on labels or organize stuff or you know all those different kind of stuff that you know technicians are are scrambling to help build and they just need extra hands um (laughs) those kind of roles um so there are those type of people um i will say i did there was one one person i will not say their name or their gender um but this person um decided when they were interviewing that yeah they can paint yeah they can um they 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 can do all these things they have this have all these skills when they were asked the question and so they were hired on as an actor tech and Mm -hmm. they had never 
scenic painted in their life. So guess what? We find out, <laughs> we find out, um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, you know, because the, the, the texts like, well, no joke, like will pull me aside after the end of the day, you know, when we're all going back to the dorm or whatever, and be like, yo, home skillet can't do what they said they can on their resume or, you know, and that is, that's something that's really, you know, profound to me is when you lie, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which people do and get away with it and get hired. And then that's, Ooh, you've, you've put, you've put a little mark on your, you know, on, in those people's minds. Cause they're like, oh, well sh- they said they could do this and now they can't. So, um, so yeah, so we did run into some problems with that person. Um, and they ended up, uh, they were, they had a little bit of a showmance with the technical director. Oh and my goodness. The director was Could married. not have helped. And oh no. The technical director and them they are now married so okay. i mean, I mean showman's turned kinda, happy but yeah, good yeah, for them, I, I guess but yeah you lied yeah <laughs> i don't i will never understand that i had that i had an issue with that one year i was working at a theater and i had um i had an assistant choreographer say like oh yeah like i you know, I can teach and I can choreograph in X, Y, and Z styles. And they were hired on like, great, 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 great. And then I got there and it was like, hey, Danielle, so we're going to need you to take over X, Y, and Z because, um, you know, so-and-so can't actually, (laughs) yeah, homeschool, it actually has no experience in tap dance um, whatsoever. So you're going to have to take the tap show. You're going to take some tap class. Like, and I'm just always like, but you, did you really think that wasn't going to come up when the contract started? Like well, the thing that, that killed me as this, this person told me when people were like, you can't do this. Well, they were like, well, and they laughed it off. They were like, well, you know, my professors in college just told me to always say yes. I'm like, no. I don't think they always said yes to this. That or was, if, that's no. A no. If they did, because I won't, I won't. I, I will say I've heard that before. Yes. I have heard that before. Like, just say yes and learn the skill as you go. But some skills you can't learn no, as you go. No, no, no. See, this is my big thing between, and I often teach my kids this. There is a difference between education and school and the professional world. Mm-hmm. And I right. say this, like, I, I say this as a director choreographer. When I'm in the rehearsal room and I've got a show that's got to be mounted in two weeks, or less, because like two weeks is never the full two weeks when you count mm-hmm. hours. You don't get 24 hours to mount a show. So in reality, most shows are in rehearsal for about a week and a half, if you count the mm-hmm. literal hours. I don't have time for skills that you don't know or things that you're on the way to learning. Right. Like yeah. if I, if I, like, and I just think like I've been in production meetings where I'm like, hey, I need this set piece in rehearsal in two days because we're blocking that scene. And like, think of it like, I don't know, if we're doing... Susicle, and it's like the, the egg that they use for half mm-hmm. the show. I need this egg right away. So if you're the person that's painting this egg, yes, I can use a rehearsal prop, but eventually I just need the actual egg like immediately. And if I have something that's like, oh yeah, props are supposed to be taking care of it. Well, they actually can't paint that well. So it doesn't look that good. Like I don't have time. Like that just infuriates yeah. me because I'm like, I yeah. have so many other well, things to think about other than this one thing that you said you could do but can't do now. Well, when I got hired to like do props at the last minute for the Summerstock Theater, 
mm-hmm. um, I told them, I was like, you know, I have like no creative phone in my body, right? Like, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm like, but I'm telling you this right now. Like, just so you know, like I can make it work because that's just kind of how the personality I have. You guys know me. Like I will find something and I'll make it work or I will be resourceful and I will Amazon it or mm-hmm. I will find someone in the shop that has that skill to make this for me. But uh, you know, if you're trying to think that I'm going to be this creative person that's going to create this out of nothing, you're wrong. You got the wrong person. Right. And, um, you know, so that was definitely a thing. Like, as long as you're honest, a lot of places, a lot of places are, you know, will be understanding of that. Or, you know, if they need, they need, you don't need that job anyways. That they're too, if you can't do that skill they're asking you, you shouldn't be taking that job. Yeah. Something there I found. There's another fit for you. Um, that's a and big. I, yeah, that I was my like technician thing. <laughs> no, I agree. But like, because I found that at some, especially summer stocks, like there is an air of like we know you are typically younger in your career or you're just starting mm-hmm. your career, and there is an element of learning there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of times you will get like um, assistants, like assistant prop master or assistants, you know. Um, stage manager or assistant carps or whatever that like don't have all the skills yet but they're willing to learn and they're you know but the that's because the master carp has the skills and can teach you and can show you you know so mm-hmm. I, I i'm definitely with you where like there are sometimes we're like be upfront about it we, we're also just in the industry where you can't lie and summer stock everyone's so tired and there's no yeah. time yes don't lie. I would say it's just it's just easier to go like if someone were to be like because I've also heard of other theaters that do actor tech contracts I've like mm-hmm. that's a very common thing for some yeah, actually old, it used to be an old school thing and I know that it's starting to die out because it's hard to find people that are yes that will do both acid. now yeah yeah but I know that those I definitely know people who have done those contracts and like same thing like if someone said to me like okay so like can you paint I'd be like can you sew can you what sell? like what does that mean right because it's like if you tell me what to paint and show me how to do it I can do it but if you tell me go do this without an explanation or expect me to just know what to do then the answer is no and like that sounds silly but I agree like just have that conversation off the bat because there's literally yeah. no time and honestly they used to ask comfort level what's your comfort level on sewing can you sew a button yeah can you sew a zipper can you do you know what a blah blah is you know like they would kind of test people's skills that way to kind of weed that's people smart out. um but you know the comfort level like you can lie about your comfort level I mean they oh, don't absolutely. know they're not handing you in front of you and say paint this like right that's where it's really important that the level of trust in theater is and you know in performing arts really is it's all about trust and you know if you can't trust that person you know you're going to tell other people that oh yeah this person I can't trust them and so you're not going to come back to that. Yeah. So, so that was a kind of a tech, that's a, like a half technician. I have other mm-hmm. stories. I don't know if you want them. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Feel, feel free to share as much you want. I will, I want to ask sort of an addendum to your artistic side. Like, what yeah. do you think make for you as a stage manager? And you can speak from past experiences or just yeah, sure. lessons learned or experiences. Like, what makes a great artistic team for summer stock? Because mm-hmm. common categories, which I'm, I'm sure all three of us can agree on, you are always tired for summer stock. It all happens mm-hmm. very fast. And there's not a lot of room for mistakes. <laughs> there's, yeah. and, there's, and that's just because there's not a lot of time to fix the mistake. 
So like, what are some of those ideal things where you're like, if I'm working a director that does this or MD that does this or a choreographer that does this, like what are those standout things or moments you've had or total nightmares that you've had, which you've learned to never work with those type of directors or artistic staff again? So um, the big thing with choreographers, um, those that come to Summerstock with no plan, <laughs> when you only have four hours to block yep. this giant number. We all um, know those. We don't have time to give you extra time. Um, that doesn't exist in Summerstock. Like we can't pull hours out of our butt. Like that is not a thing. Um, and I true. have worked with choreographers that have walked in and they're definitely ones that like, yes, if I'm working with you in New York and you want to feel a whole rehearsal, we have six weeks to do that before we put mm -hmm. it up for four weeks or whatever it is. We normally have, when it comes to choreography, we probably have about, if you were doing our full, like a full day, probably like two full days to actually learn numbers. Like, yep. and that's on top of all the other things they're learning music and all this kind of stuff. So if you block that out, that's like total of maybe like 10 ish hours. They have to learn a whole entire dance musical. So, uh, you know, we did, we've done, I've, I mean, I could pull out shows and people are going to figure out what shows and who I'm talking about, but, um, I'll one or two. It's fine. They're just showing. So, yeah. So we did Beauty and the Beast, um, which you wouldn't think is like a heavy choreography show, but the opening. Uh, be our guest is. and the opening. Yes. I've done Beauty and the Beast. It's a, it's very it's a awkward. Show. A lot of. I mean, there's like a couple of big numbers, but it's a lot of park and barking. Yes, you know. but it's surprisingly yeah. but, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. So like the opening number, which is a big beast of a number. Um, mm -hmm. This choreographer came in with no plan. And basically mm. was like, I'm going to feel it based on who I have in here. And I'm just going to be organic. And I'm like, that's great. But you only have four hours to do this number. We ended up having to like cut out time from someone else's uh. to give him more time because he wa it wasn't right. And yeah, at the end, it was beautiful, but it took a lot to get there. And in summer stock, time is money and we don't... Yep have that kind of time in summer sock you know other types of gigs and projects yes you have all the time in the world i would love to spend 12 hours just working on an opening number for beauty and the beast because that would be so intricate and beautiful but like you don't have that time in, in summer sock also the skill set is all over the board in summer stock mm -hmm. especially the place where i worked where you've got movers you've got actual dancers you've got people that are kind of in between and then you've got people that don't cannot step clap to a beat like mm -hmm. you've got but you know they 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 were hired for other reasons but you have to fill the stage with people so you have to like vary your stuff and so you know you have a there the people that are organic are really hard to work with in summer stock settings um just because you don't have time um so th those people i i don't want to work with in summer stock ever again <laughs> but they always yeah end up in summer stock because they think they'd be fun um also people who have temper tantrums and creative <laughs> um i've been in so many production meetings i can name a couple of i'm not going to name their names but a couple of like technical director and other people that have have had major anger issues where they've broken things or thrown oh things or scream bloody murder and at the end of the day i'm like we're not curing cancer here we're literally mm -hmm. doing like if you're that but hurt, are you miserable doing theater? Like, is it time for you to take a step back? Like mm -hmm. if you're that upset, you know, that's a big problem. That's a, that's kind of a 
Ooh. So I don't want to work with people that are, you know, super organic. And, um, and I also don't want to work with people that are, you know, about to punch the hole in the wall. Um, there's also like, when it comes to collaboration, you really want people that are easygoing and understanding of the vision and willing to be flexible. Um, my favorite phrase from my professor and also um, it's an artistic director that I used to work with um, would say, um, blessed are the flexible for they will not be bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. And it is a motto I go I like by that. because the more flexible you are in life, the more you let stuff roll off your back when, oh, that piece, you know, oh, you know, that, you know, and somebody came in with something that was not what you were thinking. You just got to go with it because, you know, yeah, there is a definitely an ebb and flow in a, in a production room of like who has the upper hand, but at the end of the day, like the artistic director kind of has the final say. So like, yeah, you costume designer or you choreographer can have all these thoughts and dreams, but somebody can hit the top can say, you're done. Like, I don't want, no, we're done. Like, I don't want, I don't like that, or that's not what we want to be doing here, or that's inappropriate or whatever of the vision or the mission or whatever they have in mind. And you have to go with it. Um, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's really hard to be flexible when you're creative. Um, I learned that with, with, you know, doing the props that summer, because, you know, I just wanted to be done because in management, you just get it done and you're done. And, you know, people want to keep re- revisiting this prop we were doing for nice. Was it, what show was it? Um, it's a big, big tech number. I cannot think. Oh, crazy for you. Ah. So, you know, they wanted to tap dance on these giant pans that would hold people's weight. That's kind of impossible to find, like big enough for people to stand on and tap. Um, so it ended up being after three or four different versions and lots of tears for me, because I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know what to give you because I, I don't know, you know, and, you know, end up, we'd end up just going with like pizza pans, like that are flat so that you can't mm-hmm. bend them because we kept happening is like, we were getting big enough, but they weren't sturdy enough. So as soon as you put body weight on it, they would just cave and, yep. you know, and I'd be like, okay. And like, I was trying, I was as flexible as I possibly could be. But after the fourth or fifth time, I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm out of money. I don't know what else you want. Like, I can't return yeah. what you've, what you, what you guys have ruined, like danced on, you know, like what else do you want me to do? Um, so yeah, like being as flexible as possible, like it's something that I even have to learn every day, but having like, just, just being okay with the fact that what you come in and expect is going to probably be different in every summer stock environment is really important. Yeah. How do you think how do you think your summer stock experiences have shaped you as a stage manager? Ooh, um, well, for one, um, I definitely know how to handle immense stress, <laughs> which is what summer stock <laughs> is. It's basically a vacuum of stress um, that at the end you have to like poop out a whole show. <laughs> um, and also while you're tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that it really, it really um, helped me work with all different types of people in all different age groups. Cause I, I worked with kids as young as like five to as old as 75. Um, So you've got all different types of personalities in there. You've got people that have never done summer stock that they've done summer stock so much that they've, they've been, they've been around the block and they are over it. 
um you've got a lot of different personalities in the room and so like being able to cater to all of those people at the same time can be really challenging so knowing how to walk into a room and be authentic and positive versus fake positivity which sometimes we all love to give um so people feel like they have someone they can trust in the room to come to if there's an issue um that really that was a big piece that I took from it also learning how to manage and schedule 75 people at once was a lot Mm -hmm. um that was a big thing that um was a skill that I have definitely taken from of like oh yeah if I can schedule 75 people in a day for nine weeks or you know give or take nine weeks I can do it in any in any life you know in any type of Mm -hmm. schedule like you throw at me people have all these different kind of work jobs in New York you know or they have their survival jobs or their waitress jobs and you got to flip them into a spot for a rehearsal schedule like I can figure that out at this point because I've done really complex schedules um and dealt with complex people (laughs) and done it all when I'm really tired (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so So would you say that working at a summer shop you think definitely helped you to gain skills um and set you up for success even outside of the entertainment industry or the theater industry oh yeah um definitely like having a sense of humor through it all is really important um and I think that I translate that into you know my non-theater roles I do Mm -hmm. um you know when people stress out about silly things at work you know I just laugh I just laugh I'm like you don't even know you don't even know stress (laughs) I don't even know like okay I'm gonna start telling my crazy stories because like yes go 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 (laughs) okay so one summer which is honestly it was one of my favorite summers we did mary poppins smoky joe's cafe and um 42nd street that is a huge lineup that yeah Yeah. i was like that is a and that was my first very big shows yeah (laughs) and that was my first summer as production stage manager and i called all three shows and (laughs) um mary poppins had I think 75 light cues in the first two minutes of the show or two and a half minutes Jesus. of the show. And it was spot and light cues because the designer uh, that, light- that is not normal. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the lighting yes. designer I worked with, she loved using spots and she wanted you to call them. And so, you know, it would be from, if you've ever seen the beginning of the Mary Poppins musical, um, from Disney, um, they, you know, it starts with Bert lighting, you know, a, a, a street lamp and then it opens to the, the cherry tree lane where all the kids are in it and they're all singing mm-hmm. at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those people were spotted on top of lights and calling fly cues and ca- like, it was a lot at the same time. Um, so that summer, um, there's lots of things going on, but like for Mary Poppins, I'll just go to Mary Poppins because we were talking about it and talking about the complexity of that first two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of issues with our um, comm system. So like where you could hear people on the headsets is what they call them. Like Got it. Um, the headsets like from our, the booth where I called from to backstage to people that were all the way up, way up almost into the ceiling for spotlights um are it would like we had shorts in our cables or there was a short in mm. the box so one day um in the middle 
of the beginning overture, like right as Bert goes to light the the like lamppost, the headsets go out. Oh no. I enjoyed that. Now, I enjoyed that moment for you. <laughs> now luckily, now luckily, you know, luckily I was in the light booth so I could just call the light cues. You knew. And luckily, and luckily, because we had been dealing with the in and out during tech, and this was probably like, we probably were in the, like the second weekend of doing this show or something like that. It was pretty early. Um, and luckily, the spots that we had on thing, they had taken really good notes. So I grabbed, we pulled my cell phone out, and I called backstage to my assistant, which she starts having a panic attack because... There's so many cues that happen at once and we can't stop the orchestra. The show is yeah. going. Oh. It is going. It takes off. It's kind of like Les Mis where, and I've done Les Mis too. I have another story there too. And it takes off and like, you can't stop it. Like, no, it's just, never. Yeah. And you can't like, hold up. Let me think while we fix this. Hold on whole entire audience that's here. That's really excited to see Mary fly in the sky. Like, it's fine. Um, you know, so I am on the phone like talking a three-way on the phone with with my assistant also on the phone with the people in in the booth or in the um in the cut the spot ops because we had three spot operators i think no four we had four so wow like two, that's a lot that's a lot for what yeah that's a lot for spot um we had a lot of grants that summer because it was their 25th season so amazing um, we had a lot of money thrown into that show for like flights and all that stuff so like we had a lot of money to burn for that show which was really great because it was really awesome which is why it's what my favorite summer that we've done or that i've done with them um anyway so we're panicking i mean people are panicking and stuff and i'm like trying to keep it together but i'm still like my body is reacting to it so my body is shaking but we're, we're still going through it i'm still calling cues i'm still calling light i'm still calling backstage flies i'm still calling spots there's a guy in between my legs shaking the cord. Oh my God, trying to like get it to work. Trying to get it Jesus. to unshort out. Finally, we get to like halfway through that crazy 75Q section. It comes back on. Everybody can hear me. And I'm like, okay, don't move. Nobody move. And we just call the rest <laughs> of it. I get to a stop and I hang up the phone and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, I just... That was a moment, y'all. <laughs> that was a moment. That's insane. The best part, oh though. Oh, my God. Animation, and I go tell the director, because the artistic director watched a lot of the shows and helped take notes for artistic um, continuity, because shows like that, as the PSM, when you're calling stuff, you, it's not, you can't really take continuity notes as well. So she, she did a lot of the um, note-taking for that show. I, would, I came down during instrument and I told her what happened, and she was like, didn't even notice. <laughs> like that oh was just you did your job yeah yes. so like stuff like that happens a lot like it's kind of like a full panic moment but like um I definitely learned to react later that was definitely a thing like in management like you just you go through you like gotta get through it and then okay your body's gonna have you have to finish the like cycle of stress so you're like oh, okay that happened y'all and like laugh it off but then keep going because hey the show's mm. still going <laughs> Because um, that's the first five minutes of the show of a two-hour musical. So like, two and a half. yeah, that's it's almost, a three, it's almost a three-hour musical. So yeah, it's oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah that, that, first, that first yeah it was stressful but it was really because it was so it was such an amazing show I just I have so much great feelings about that because it was so complex and we accomplished it that it was just really fun um amazing that same year <laughs> um so we did Smokey Joe's Cafe which is the fun big loud big band I don't know if anybody's it's like oldies kind of like jukebox mm-hmm. musical yep um and you know we have all the people that do tech for that show are actually on actors that are ensemble track for the, okay. um, they actually get to learn how to do spot and they run more board ops so you know some some people get the show off basically um, right because smoky smoky joe's is a much smaller cast yeah compared to like show. mary poppins right. yeah talking, like you, go from, you go from like 30 almost 30 people to eight people on stage and right so you don't need a full tech crew for that so we typically like it's a great uh, tech thing to put on on um, an ensemble's contract, mm-hmm. you know, and they get to they get to see a show, they get to be a part of the other side, and you know, a lot of people that do it, they're really like this is their first gig in Summer Socks, so they get to really see how it works. Um, but anyway, so for that show, um, you know, it's it's the the theater is in was in is in Georgia, and it's close to Florida, and you know, if you, anybody knows how Florida is, Florida is like a wild animal beast land. And so, (laughs) so this, this building had a lot of, um, bat issues like bats. And, um, during like one of the really loud Smokey Joe's numbers, I can't even remember what song it was. Um, my assistant backstage, like on headset was like nope nope and like all of them just started like freaking out like they were like screaming but because the band was so loud nobody could hear them and I'm like what is going on because <laughs> I'm like trying to call the show and I'm like what is going on and they were like oh there's a bat there's a bat and like this bat this poor little bat had like flown onto the side of backstage and was like cowering but like it was like crawling around but it was like it was like everybody's seeing like a rat or a mouse like they like lost their minds and you know it flew around because it was freaking out trying to figure out how to get outside because it had gotten in from I think the roof or something you know how theaters are they're not always like fully the roofs aren't great but um so yeah so it somehow had gotten in there and the vibrations it had gone towards the vibrations of all the Mm. percussion (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness and so everyone is freaking out backstage actors you know technicians these ensemble people that are now tech are freaking out and i'm literally like on headset being like contain the bat contain the bat <laughs> i was like has anybody got a cup how big is it is it big enough for a cup contain the bat like over and over again finally someone was like after like hearing it over and over was like okay 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 so they finally got a cup had trapped it and then someone like brave enough had like been able to transport it it outside oh my god it was like this so really like loud big bang number calling cues simultaneously while telling everyone to contain the bat there were people (laughs) there were there was the the actors that were that were running spot were just dying because they could just hear it all going on because they, they, were, they weren't backstage and they were hearing it all going yeah. on hearing me and they were like this guy was like I still tell that story like years from now because it's the funniest thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life of like people asking like what life theater is like that is life theater and the best part 
no one in the audience heard it or noticed or even knew what was going on or just thought it was that's a amazing okay so what's great i love that quick question abby was that on a college university yes Can't so the very it. same theater i did a summer program here in georgia when i was in high school mm-hmm. and in that very mm-hmm. same theater we were doing a dance concert where we had a friendly bat that loved to appear out of yes. nowhere yes. only when we did lifts Yes. So imagine you're trying not to drop a person and then somewhere on the side, a stage manager goes, Batman's in the building. That was our keyword to let us know that he appeared because we could never find him when the show was not happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that literally is kind of what happened. Like they, they had definitely had a bat infestation that I think now years later is done, but it, has t- it took some, mm. several years to get the bats out of there. It just wow, like because you don't want to kill them because no, because like they're right. But yeah, I actually told that story when I um, was interviewing to work for Disney, Um, and Mm. they loved that. They all died, and that's how I ended up working at Animal Kingdom as an entertainment manager. Oh my god, that's (laughs) so funny because I had dealt with bats. (laughs) They're like, she'll be fine. Let's put her outside. She'll be fine. She's she's totally calm with animals and animals escaping. So like. She'll be good. We'll put her there. That's back. also another episode we need to have yeah, you back for for crazy Disney. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Me and Quincy. I mean, just. Oh yeah. yeah. We really should do like a whole. What does it mean to work at Disney? Good idea. Put that on yeah, the docket. Because I'm just like we we have so many friends that have, right. there, that, have like, like know the behind the scenes things that they can tell us. I'm like, you know, like I just I know there are great stories. That is crazy. Yeah, we actually I didn't, have never. I thought the bat thing was solved. Sorry, I'm still flashing back. But, I mean, are, are you love you oh. love that bat story? Like that 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 is a story I tell in a lot of interviews because it throws people off because they don't they think I'm gonna say oh the sound went down or whatever, which just happens. Yeah, to you're me. like yeah, I've but there's a bat. Go out. I've had the power go out and like I had the power go out during a summer stock show of Les Mis. Luckily, we were in the sewer scene, so no one really all they noticed is that mics went out, but then they came well, back on. But we couldn't get anything back, like projections or lights, until like when we were at the mm-hmm. final. So it worked. People were like, "Oh, that was like really avant-garde sewer scene." I'm like, "Yeah, totally. Yeah, was. totally was. That was. It was a choice. It was a choice." So, so I mean, like, yeah, I've had those scenarios, but like a bat, you know. Right. <laughs> and so. a lot of these, a lot of summer stock theaters, like they really are. A lot of them are either like completely outside or they're like under a tent yeah. or they're this like half inside half outside thing and they're in a barn like well this I worked at one- theater started as an outdoor theater on mm. Jekyll Island in Georgia and um they used to perform full costume and like full heavy costumes and like have people faint and pass out you yeah, know it's they were um, like it's too much well, they got to the point where they were like, you know, we need to probably move into indoors to like, because they would, every time it rained, which is, which in, you know, right. coastal Georgia is a really common thing. And so um, they would have to lose shows because it would rain. But like moving indoors prevented them from losing shows as often. Yeah, it's a smart move. It really is. But that is such a story. I think it's just because like summer stops, summer, it just like makes sense. Plus it's a lot of On usually like older older theaters older buildings that were converted because also something that like I don't know if we spoke about this like on our little intro episode but a lot of summer stocks are like not in cities like most summer stocks are usually either on a college campus 
or in the they're like out in the middle yeah like out in the middle of nowhere in a country like I worked at one that was literally like like McDonald's or Duncan and that's all you right. go to all summer up in the middle of New York <laughs> all yeah. summer <laughs> yeah and I worked yeah like on a beach which was great but there was like no no town near the beach so it was just like you and the cast and the crew like on a cute little beach which again like sounds one of those things right we're like in the beginning you're like this is awesome and then like two weeks in you're like I need to go somewhere like yeah and I think that was a really good point that Abby brought up we're just like at the beginning where you were just like you're stuck with these people all summer and like nine to 12 weeks depending on the program and then you're also living with these people you're going going out with these people you're eating with these people like even I had I worked with a director once I was the choreographer where he was like okay so he was like I don't live in the in like the dorm facility where they like house everyone he's like I live at a in a separate cottage down the road he was like but you'll be like housed in the dorm facility and he was just like listen like you know just like kind of stay in your own room he was like you can be friendly with the cast but remember again and this was a, this is a smaller summer sock theater where like most of the actors are like either in their final year of college or you know just out like usually the age range is like 21 to like 25 is the typical age range for this specific theater um, which is fine, right? But I, I wasn't even that much older. I was like slightly, maybe like, you know, I think I was, I don't know, 27 or maybe 28 at this time, but it was you still feel, like that you, feel ancient. <laughs> you do, yeah. you do. And you're like on the other side of the table. Um, because he just made this big point where he was like, you might want to like be friendly with them and go out, but remember, like this is gonna be like three weeks all day, every day. And you have to show up the next morning and like be their boss. Yeah. Yep. And I think and that's, that, a that's really hard. also it's hard. That's and it's especially because there's only, you know, and our management team was me and the assistant. And right. you don't want to hang out with them 24-7. You want to actually like enjoy your summer too. So like finding that balance where you could hang out with people, have the fun nightcap, and then like switch the next morning and be professional the next day. Is, right. And have people still respect balance. you. It's really hard when I think you're on the non-performer side of the table um because yeah you're like with them all day in rehearsal you're like have to be their boss to some degree but then you're not part of this group of 75 people that all hang out together yeah i would always have the like because i i started as an actor and i i I love performers i'm one of those like direct choreographers i love performers so like i would always go out with them but then there's always that moment in the night where i'm like I have to go before anyone gets too drunk or things get too crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go catch the rest of the artistic staff that, and a couple of my kids, they've been like way older than me, like, which is why they're not, I don't immediately go to yeah. the directors or, you know, Same. artistic directors or managing directors. Cause they're like, and their forties or fifties, they're like 40, like, yeah. like 20s, early thirties. Yeah. And so like, I'm a lot closer to the performer ages, but it's like, I can, I, I don't know. I just kind of, at this point, I kind of like know myself well enough to be like, yeah, I'm done with you guys. But like, yeah. It took a while to be like, oh, I can feel the amount of fuckery just increasing. I must disappear yeah. because someone's yeah. about to say or do something that I, I'm i going to have to deal with tomorrow if I stay any longer. Right. That's, it's, a hard, it's, it's a hard balance, especially when you're, 
younger and on the non-performer side of the table. Yeah, I definitely had to set boundaries of like, what time, like how late would I respond to emails, texts, phone calls? Mm -hmm. That was a good thing in Summerstock because some people would call me. Like I told people like, you can call me till midnight and then don't, you're not going to get a response. Wow, good for you. Till 7 a.m. So there are seven hours where you are not going to receive any stage management from me. That is me sleeping. That is me wherever. Like if you see me out and you want to ask me a question, I am not your stage manager for those seven hours. 12 mm-hmm. midnight is still quite generous. Well, yeah, I was well, going to say got my... a rehearsal at like 10, 10 30. And so that gave people an hour you and a half. Pe- you res- gave them a buffer. Gave hour and a half to like, you've gotten your emails, you've gotten your reports. If you need to talk to me, you've got an hour and a half. And then, yeah. You know, but I That's mean, really by kind. probably 7 01 a.m., I'd be receiving text messages. <laughs> yeah. so, Jesus. But, but it's too much. Those boundaries because people, because people will violate them. People will call you at one o'clock in the morning because they're up and they assume you'd be up, you know, like mm-hmm. people's sense of time kind of shifts in summer stock too. Mm-hmm. So you know, just being wary of like setting those boundaries with, you know, as a performer too, of like, I have to go to bed because if I don't, I can't dance in the morning or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, or staying I, here I, or whatever. I, I, loved, I would love to party because I just turned 21, but I don't want to throw up all over my roommate who I just met um bath mat and towels uh Heather could tell you that story (laughs) um because I heard about the next day and guess what the artistic director who's sitting next to me also heard about it the next day because Mm. you know what I turned my little booty around and I said um you want to see why that girl over there is slumping she's hung over because yesterday was her 21st birthday and she threw up all over the bathroom of and all over our lovely friend Heather's stuff and you know the artistic director was like yeah I'll never work with her again like literally like yeah because you do again being being a butt like that's it well and I return to like a lot of summer stocks right like you have you have situations like the Muni or there's a couple other places where you'll get like you know more equity actors and older actors or you know quote-unquote professional they've been in the professional world for a while but a lot of these contracts, they you are like late in college or right out of college, and but this is a per, still a per, even though you're in this like cute little bubble, it's summer still camp. a professional you're an adult summer job. Camp. Still adult summer camp, still also a job. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. it's still a job because I think I've always been that person where like I don't particularly like to mix work and play. And performers, I think all too often it's like, okay, the show's up. Let's go out and party. Or like my best friend's in town to see the show or my family's in town to see the show, you know, or like, and they kind of dive in head first. And it's just like, I get that. But like, it's still a job. And if you can't do the the thing that you're here for, it's going to sit with you all summer. Because again, we're on the side of a mountain or we're in the middle of a giant field putting on a show. And everybody it's, knows. Not, everybody right. Oh, you stumble mm. and throw up all over the the carpet on the way to your back to your room, like because everybody lives mm. with you. That's <laughs> like, it. Everyone lives yeah. with you, so it's like, yeah, they didn't make it back to the room last night. Are they with someone? Were they drunk somewhere? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like, or I yeah. saw them like doing some nasty, sexy, skanky thing outside in the parking lot. Like, yeah, another yep. blah blah blah, and like now, you know, 
and it gets back up to the top like you'll be surprised how quickly it gets back up oh oh, yeah hours hours and it won't even be malice i will say that's the one thing i've learned like no no no. it's it's, usually just someone being like can you believe that it's not in a again not in a rude way but like holy shit this happened or like like, oh my god okay are they alive yeah (laughs) are they okay are they alive do you want to hear something funny right and it's like no please don't tell me anything or the best one i ever got it was like why are you my entire dancers it was like i was trying to do a dance corner major musical so i like i know my ones that like have the skill dance corps came in and they look exhausted and i'm like two of y'all don't even drink so like explain to me why how all eight of you are exhausted and they were like somebody brought a guest back to their room and their room was above ours he got no sleep mm-hmm. and they were like and th- that's all that they said and i'm like Okay, but now I have to do math to figure out why like eight of our performers got no sleep all night. And so then it like it became it became a secret fact-finding mission because like they were tapped. Like I couldn't have them do lifts that day. Like they were not in any type of shape because they legitimately lost sleep. So whatever was happening. And so of course it got back to, you know, the artistic director, managing director being like, how come we're having to change rehearsal schedules today? Why is this going on? It's like, yeah. oh, I, was, I wasn't trying to get anyone in trouble, but like, it's, it's just- There's only so much you can do. It's yeah. just too easy. So moral of the story, it's remember that summer stock is still a job and every, and also remember that like, I think a big thing about it is like, remember that everyone there is there for a job and everyone there is getting paid. Yeah. And that's also a big part of like respecting, you know, everyone who's in the room with you and, and working on the show. I mean, I've worked with people that are now on Broadway and are on tours and, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I, some of those people that made it, made it to the places they are, I did not like them and did not like working mm-hmm. with them. Um, Cause they were young and they were immature. And I imagine the experience they had at our summer stock theater, they moved on and grew up, but mm-hmm. you know, I still have memories of them being rude to management. I have memories of mm-hmm. them sleeping through their alarm and having to go wake them up in their dorm like you know that stuff like that you know having to find people for showing up late or ruining costumes or all that kind of stuff like I have those memories and like I see people go out in the world and you know they said they either they grow up and they adapt and they're better and they're doing much better now or they're not doing theater anymore Mm-hmm. so it's kind of a combo just I think it just depends on like what you make out of summer stock it is what you make out of it do you make it yeah a, you make it a party the whole time and that you'll never work in theater again or do you make it a oh yeah I'm gonna make mistakes because I'm an immature 20 something year old but I'm gonna you know, try to learn and I'm gonna learn from, from it. this yeah yeah so, so that- before we go oh I was gonna say one final question would you do it again? Would you ever go back to summer stock, either at the theater you worked at or any summer stock in general? Would you do a summer stock contract again? Honestly, if I could make it work with um, my non-theater gigs currently, you know, because we're in the post-COVID times, if I could make mm-hmm. it work and take off nine weeks and just do another or 12 weeks and just do a summer stock and, and man- stage manage, I would do it. Um, it's really exciting. I really loved where I worked because um, 
you know, I just really got to know the patrons really well. I got to know, you know, people that were returning a lot. I got to know creative really, really well. Um, it just was one, it was like, it was like another home to me. Um, mm-hmm. It was definitely one of those things where I grew up a lot in of it, but I also like, I could go in and make things happen in half asleep now and not have to like stress about it. Mm-hmm. Like I would definitely be more yeah. water off my back kind of mentality than I probably would have five eight years ago you know so um I definitely you know I would go back and do summer stock um I know I definitely feel that you know I'm gonna say it again but um I definitely feel that you definitely have a have a certain personality and mentality to do it so Mm -hmm. I agree with that so um uh this next section is a short one and we usually leave it to any kind of generic tip but we have you're our first stage manager to be on the show so for our tip of the week what i what would you say to and yes we're in COVID times but just in general to a young stage manager that has just gotten their degree and they are about to embark on making this a career a life you know what would you say to those young stage managers i know loaded question it's a tough one um I would reiterate, you know, um, I know a lot of times when young stage, stage managers go out in the world, they think that their paperwork is more important than their people's managing skills. Mm. And it's quite the opposite. Um, yeah, you need to have the skill of like how to put things on an Excel sheet and how to send an email to people. But you really know how to, you have to know how to manage people. Um, that's 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 the piece that people that you sometimes can't be taught that um and you know you could go to school and you can get a bfa for stage management and you can you know do all that stuff and you can get a perfect stage management kit that you roll around at setc and show off at your interviews which i've seen a lot um don't do that please don't do that um but (laughs) that that to me doesn't show me that you're going to be a good stage manager um showing to me that you're personable and you're authentic and you're somebody who will know how to get it you know you you will do what you need to do to make the room go like you need to keep somebody on task like that is those soft skills are really hard to to teach other people so those are the things like if you're like what do I need to improve to like get a job the soft skills the learning how to talk to people learning how to talking to a large group of people, um, learning how to, you know, have a commanding voice, but also not be the center of attention in the room, be, you know, present, but not the center of attention. And um, all of those things are really, really hard to teach people. Um, but also know that you're a really integral part of art. Mm-hmm. That even though you're not making art, you're making sure that that art breathes and stays breathing through the whole process. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really loved that. <laughs> I do because I, I, I totally think that that's something that, um, that I, I never heard someone really talk about before. Yeah, I think so it's really I guess important. I'll kind of go, I'll tell a really quick story, I guess, before we go. Yeah, so I worked at the O'Neill Center, which is in Waterford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first, first internship, a stage management internship. Um, and I worked under two equity stage managers and one of them actually is based out of Colorado. He, I think worked for the Colorado Performing Arts Center for a very, very long time. Um, and he's the one that kind of taught me about 
understanding the breath that you breathe into a piece and how you can make or break a show with how you call a cue, with how you act in a room. Um, and that really, that really stuck with me. Um, it really made me go, okay, I could see myself doing this for a very long time because it's not just, I'm an organizational freak and I'm loud, <laughs> you know, like those are mm-hmm. two things. Yes, I definitely have, but like being able to be a part of something and seeing the beauty of something created in front of you and being able to like understand the passion of that and make sure and carry it to the end so that audience members can see that and experience that for the first time is such an important thing. Amazing. Um, well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode. Well, we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are point PYT on all social media platforms. And we want to take this time to say a special thank you to Abby for joining us. This is a great episode. Thank you so much. Tell the listeners where they can find you again on social media. Yes. Um, I am on Instagram at uh, stage manager for life, which is stage manager without any vowels, the number four, and then life, L-I-F-E. Um, and then it's also, that's my Twitter handle too. And you can also find me on Facebook too, but that might be a little creepy. Happy <laughs> um, <laughs> Vincent Key. So yeah. Well, I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Neil Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance.